Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 290, covering Dark Frontier. Hi, friends. It is time. I, I keep wanting to tell them what day it is, like it matters to them. They're they're hearing this on Monday, like like they do. It's Thursday, the 10th of October, 2016, yeah. and you're listening no, to the post-atomic horror. It, bet, it better not be the 10th. My, no. Okay, good. I, I, there's a relevant birthday in my life on the 11th that it better not be tomorrow. Oh shit, that's right. No, the ten, I'm going to be yeah, in no. Canada on the. Te- I'm going to be coming home from t- Canada on the 10th. Yeah. So we're doing. Now we're recording this on a different day than we usually do, and I thought that might be an interesting thing to tell you guys, but you you don't care. No, you don't care. No. The only thing this Here's is gonna, the only people this is going to be important to is me listening to this two years from now and be all like, I wonder what we were talking about on that episode. Oh yeah. Oh, Dark Frontier. We probably hated that. Mm-hmm. Well, that no, not like of the future. One. You're wrong. No, in fact. No, the exact opposite is, in fact, true. I assumed for several reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's called Dark Frontier. Yeah, which is like, this. Yeah, like that's the name of not just a Trek novel. That's the name of one of those smutty Trek novels. That's about uh, Mirror Universe oh, 7 of God. 9 having sex with Mirror Universe Kira, which exists, yep. by and- the way. Oh, I know. And and Counselor Troy's in there, too. Uh-huh. Mirror, Mirror Troy. All the ladies. Like, yep. No, I've seen the covers to those. I haven't actually read them, but I've I've seen... I, there's at least two of them. Mm-hmm. And I think Dax is on another one. Yep. There's there's all different combinations of really slutted up yep. like uh, characters, which is really unfortunate. There's a weird tradition of like the occasional Trek novel written by romance um, mm. writers. Like I've seen a couple of those. I've never seen one that just flat out was like, and then this one, they have romantic sex. Yeah, I don't, I like, I haven't read them. I wouldn't, it's not my thing, mm-hmm. but if people are into it, it I, okay, whatever. Anyway, yeah, Dark Frontier definitely sounds like something like that. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's a two-parter. Yep. And it's actually not even a two-parter, like, to be continued, like uh, uh, that one last season was with the holodeck Nazis. Yeah, no, this one feels more like a, uh, t- tonight, a Star Trek Voyager special event. Yeah, exactly. And it plays out that way, mm-hmm. too. Like, the, the DVDs that we have, like, it just plays as one episode. Yeah. It's not like a to-be-continued thing. I mean, you can tell where the break is. Mm-hmm. It's very because, obvious. But it's, like, wow. And it was, like, really good. Like, I was surprised... Because it's a two-parter, those two-parters tend to, at least so far, be a bit padded. Yep. And this one was not no, the this first. Is, well, I mean, unless you consider the adventures of the Hanson family padding. I I didn't dislike that, actually. That was backstory. I, I, I didn't dislike it, but um, the Hansons are fucking stupid people. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that. Let's, let's first do our very special event of summarizing in tandem. Ooh. So I'll go first, and then oh, I thought we were going to talk at the over. same time. One, two. Oh three. God, the Borker. No, 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 no. We have to rehearse that at least once, <laughs> and we're not we're not rehearsing anything on a Thursday night. I don't rehearse <laughs> shit unless I'm going to have to stand in front of people. Right, and I'm I'm looking. No kidding, I'm looking directly at my Chakotay action figure right now. Oh, I'm looking at my Neelix action figure. <laughs> that's my only audience. Actually, that, that's not true. I also have our our pal Nate gave me a little magnetic uh, Mark Twain that is hanging on the very same board. <laughs> so I have two Star Trek characters who irritate me. Your two at favorite me right Star now. Trek characters. <laughs> yeah, so that's my audience right now. Let me tell you what happened in the first part of Dark Frontier. The Borg are back and they're coming after you. Hey la, hey la, the Borg are back. And this time they're playing with shapes that are neither cubes nor spheres. This ship is some kind of slightly elongated cube. Do those suckers know how to adapt or what? Harry, special boy that he is, comes up with a special plan to disable the ship. And it's so special that it completely obliterates them. But rather than being punished, he gets a gold star and a pat on the head for this. In fairness, extremely reluctant fairness, his plan was actually pretty goddamn diabolical beam a torpedo directly over to the knot cube and blow them up from the inside. Sifting through the resulting wreckage for advanced technology like so much scavenging Kazon, they stumble upon a device that tells them where a bunch of cubes and spheres and possibly even a triangle are located in nearby space. 
Janeway realizes that one of them, a heavily damaged scout ship, will be passing nearby soon and contains a delicious transwarp coil, which could be used to modify Voyager's engines and get their asses home a lot faster. So she begins planning a heist, and in the finest tradition of all heist movies, we spend 16 hours talking about a thing we're just going to see happen anyway. While everyone's preparing for their various roles in the heist, Tuvok is the muscle, Tom is the getaway driver, Neelix is whatever the fuck Neelix is, Seven begins hearing a mysterious voice compelling her to return to the Collective to be reassimilated. She's not super cool with this, since Janeway's been whispering, you are a human, into her ear every night as she regenerates, and that highly complex therapy seems to have finally taken hold. But as the team beams over to reenact the thing they just told us they'd be doing, Seven finds herself compelled to stay with the Borg. Janeway's not happy about this development. Seriously not happy. Like, if she wore a hat, she'd definitely be throwing it on the ground and stomping on it. But Voyager has no choice in the matter and is forced to hightail it out of there. Meanwhile, Seven is brought to the whole cluster of Borg shapes and introduced to that totally existed this whole time entity, the Borg Queen. Welcome home, she says, which is a weird thing for a Borg to say. Maybe not as weird as them launching into a rousing chorus of it's a hard knock, hard knock life for us, but still pretty weird. And now Matt will tell you what things happened after the things I just told you about. The things after the things Al just told you are these things. So Queenie starts trying to convince Seven to return to the Borg so they can use her uniqueness to set off a Borg bomb on Earth. I guess the Borg really, really hate Earth now. And the Borg assimilates some planet and Seven realizes that, if nothing else, she has clearly assimilated the human emotion called guilt. So out of the billions assimilated, our girl saves... Four, which is not a great score, Sev. You get an F minus. Put on this dunce cap while we see what Voyager's up to. And what Voyager is up to is a rescue plan. Uh, it's like the heist from earlier, except they're stealing a person, and it was planned by the wee baby childman who continues to grow on me. Neither Wesley nor Jake Sisko ever kidnapped anyone. Although Wesley did kill a guy. Never forget. So the plan involves using a sort of Borg cloaking device invented by Seven's parents, who were assimilated, so clearly this is going to work out great for everybody. Meanwhile, back at the Borg hive, Queenie's getting real fed up with all of Seven's stupid emotions. Jeez, you know, it's like she's an individual or something. So then Janeway arrives, and Seven's two moms fight over her, and Seven escapes, and everyone heads back to Voyager after blowing up a Borg 20-sided die. <laughs> Also, so known gotta... as, also known as the King of Shapes. <laughs> right, of course. Well, it's married to the Borg Queen. Well, yes. The King Shape is married to the Borg Queen. Ugh, I'm trying to that, picture that their tracks, gross right? Borg babies. <laughs> well, apparently they'll be showing up later. Oh, good. That's, that's what I've heard, anyway. So Seven's got at least three mommies in this episode. Mm -hmm. And four parents, if you count her dad. Yep. There's some flashbacks, as, as we mentioned a minute ago. Uh, to the Hanson family. The Hanson family. The Hanson family are not very bright. Um, they're not. And really, th my bad thing kind of uh, ties into that. Mm. Okay, I like the ideas of scientist explorers rushing off into the frontier to to observe a dangerous threat. Like what what they compared it to was uh, Diane Fossey, the woman who studied gorillas. Yes, like, in fact, I believe I have a note here that says Borg in the mist. Right, and and you know, in a in a sort of broad like. Uh, abstract sense it is like that mm. because gorillas will fucking kill you if you don't know what you're doing yep. you got to stay back and and observe carefully so i mean that's that's kind of cool but the timeline does not line up at all and you know i don't care about like oh well this happened on this date and this happened no it's not that it's we're, we're like a decade out yeah like these guys are from earth but they're chasing borg like 10 years before q introduced them to the federation which was already supposed to be much earlier than it would have happened naturally yep. like I really don't like when they just completely ignore things that were important to the plot to make stuff like this happen. I expect this to come up 10 or 15 times again in Enterprise. Now, the only thing I can think of here is, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they could do the whole accelerated growth thing. It's not like Borg have a use for, you know, children. I mean, no, we've, they, we've they seen they talked about baby. how long ago this was. They they said the star dates and uh, ignoring like, OK, star dates don't exactly mean much. It's still very much meant to be way before next Well, year. that's fucking dumb. That's dumb, and there's a way, there's easy ways to get around that. You guys are just lazy. Stop being lazy. And the, and the thing is, Q sent the Enterprise, like, really far away. Yeah, something to the Borg. Delta Quadrant, basically, as far as I know. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't specifically say the Delta Quadrant. He just said, like, this many light years away. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of people assume 
and that's a that's a good assumption. Mm. Like but they may not have said, they, the, you know, he sent it. He says it was like, oh, I sent you to Borg space. I'm Q. That Q. That's that, that's a terrible. How's Q. it going, Mon Capitan? <laughs> now I'm going to play the trumpet. Now he sounds like George Lucas. <laughs> doesn't really work at all. Well, the, po- the power of myth. Yeah, it's basically my the kids same thought. <laughs> now you sound like Brandon Brock. My one you kid thought all over the map, man. <laughs> No, it's, um, it, it just, like, I don't know. It shouldn't bother me. This kind of thing, usually, I try to just let it go. Sure. But it's like, no, the, the Borg, the whole story of modern Star Trek is we met the Borg earlier than we should have, and it's a big deal, mm-hmm. and now we're just going back in time, and, oh, these guys met them before, and Enterprise is going to do all kinds of that. They meet some Borg, and they meet some Ferengi, and everyone says it's cool, but they're wrong. You're wrong, Flaw. It's not cool. That's not cool. Stop it. <laughs> We'll see. We haven't seen it. Yeah, it I, I will cool. judge when we get there, but it sounds pretty stupid. I'm not keeping an open mind about Enterprise, but, I mean, you know, I will watch I'm gonna, it. I'm, I mean, we have to. Yeah. That's what we signed up for. Well, yeah, I could fake my own death. I, you could, but really? Yeah. Would you, would you do that over a Star Trek show? I mean, how bad a Star Trek show are we talking about here? I just think it's going to be boring. Like I could, And again, I could be totally wrong. I don't want people to jump, because we got mail in our box right now. Mm. That says that like a ten-page missive saying no, you got to watch this one and you got to watch this one and you got to wait because after five hundred episodes it starts to get kind of good. Yeah, like uh, all right, that's well, called watched, Stockholm like, syndrome, sweetie. Yeah, I watched like thirty of them back in the day and it did not grow on mm. me. But again, we're not there yet. I really will try my best when we get there. I'm starting to back off a little on my complaints and I will continue to do that. Oh, are you are you starting to back off a little bit? I just if I need to know that so that I can hit it even harder. Oh, you you do whatever you like. Just like we did with Voyager. Oh, yeah. Al's going to be fine with us watching Voyager, eh? Fuck Voyager. <laughs> well, we were wrong, though. Yeah, we were wrong. And episodes like this kind of, like, I wouldn't have expected this. No. Like, what we heard, we were talking about this just before we started recording. What we've heard, and it still could be true. We still got two and a half oh, seasons Oh, it totally left, could be true, yeah. Is that Voyager completely ruins the Borg by using them constantly mm-hmm. and doing really stupid things with them. I've not seen that yet. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, I we've honestly, gotten them about once a season yeah. since like season three, and it, and they've all been pretty good episodes. Which is a perfectly logical yeah, amount of year. time to use the Borg, especially if you have a Borg crew member. And if you're in the Delta Quadrant, honestly, if you ran into them two or three times a year, mm-hmm. that would still be completely warranted. Absolutely. But they've been using them sparingly, and they're still kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's cool because the Voyager guys have developed some uh, tactics to fight them, but they still can't fight. You know that fleet of weird shades like well that was okay pretty overwhelming well okay i've talked about the i'm not a big fan of non-borg cubes right um have we talked about my rubik's cube theory um what where they all fit together in one big one i don't know but i assume that too yeah no the my my assumption i don't know if i've talked about this on the show before if i have i apologize um my assumption for what like the borg sort not homeworld but like um, the the Borg base or whatever was just mm-hmm. a shit ton of Borg cubes all forming a giant cube that was just constantly like rotating like a Rubik's cube. Cube, cube, cube. Sure. I see. I pictured them all fitting together like Lego and not necessarily just making a cube, but making whatever. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. <laughs> making not a big Borg head. I I wasn't thinking specific shapes. I mean, that's the funny way to go. Mm-hmm. But I just assume they all dock with each other and combine into giant. Things. They combined into Unicron. Yeah. Now, come on, Unicron's just one guy. What's wrong with Janeway? It is I. Yes. Unicron. But I liked, like, I, I mean, it felt like they'd up the stakes somehow. Mm-hmm. Given how scary the Borg have been, that's difficult to do to like yeah. keep, you know, escalating that. And they did that. Mm-hmm. They were scarier. And, uh, like, when they brought in species, whatever, that was a little scarier, too. Like, they've managed to, you know, maintain the the threat level, yeah. which I like. And, and we also have the queen back. I still have mixed feelings about that. I mean, you can't unring that bell. Like, she exists. Yeah. But you can't, like, I'm going to have to give, like, I'm just going to have to accept that. I, my, my problem isn't that we got the queen back. Honestly, I would have been fine with that. But the new actress that plays her is not the best. Really? I thought she was 
pretty much I the same. Was not a fan. I like you know okay. I. <laughs> You know, there are certain flaws with First Contact, but, you know, I thought she, like, the Borg Queen in that was, at the very least, you know, really good at being, you know, threatening. No, no, the thing is, I, I didn't like the concept of the character, but as written, she played it pretty well, yeah. I thought. And I thought this chick play like, it was kind of the TV version of the movie mm. person. That you're just going to get that. Although I do know, slight spoilers, the Borg Queen does actually show up in this show, and it's actually the chick who played her in First Contact. Oh, see, that's cool. I don't understand That's, it because uh, she died, but, you know, yeah, like I get there being happened. a new Borg queen just because like, yeah, well, we need a new one. Or maybe every local collective has a queen. There's several of them. <laughs> Consult like your this. local collective to find out who your Borg queen is. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of theories and I don't know. They don't really say and I kind of like that we don't know. Dial 555 Borg. <laughs> no, it's KL5. KL5 Borg. Right. No, I, I don't know. She didn't bother me. She was. Not quite as good as what's her name, Alice Kriege. Alice I know, Cooper. I know. Yeah, Alice Cooper. Oh, there's um, a, there's an image. I'm going to enjoy that Agent for Cooper. a while. Yeah. No, no, I'm picturing Agent Cooper. Oh, that'd be fine too. Yeah. Just get no, his, uh, his head and uh, spine getting lowered from the ceiling. Yeah. No, I just like I said, she feels like the TV version of of her. Yeah. Like it, it, she wasn't quite as good, but she was still pretty mm. good. The effects were great. Like oh, they yeah. They did the lowering the head and spine into the body mm-hmm. thing, and it was a little different from the movie, so it didn't look, they, look like they were just copying well, that. Well, it was again. definitely small, you know, that it was smaller. Yeah. But they still. TV show. Yeah. But for a TV show, it was still pretty damn impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And all the Borg, like, ships and stuff. I mean, you know, you with your ship porn. Uh, well, the fuck. Let me tell you about the, the, the fucking well, Borg hive. This was your good thing, right? Oh, man. So we finally get a look at. I guess, like, not like the Borg homeworld or whatever. Like, we've talked about before. It's like, what does a Borg-occupied planet look like or whatever, right? We don't see that, but what we do see is, like, a giant fucking space station that I kept referring to as the Borg Hive, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it does. Just like a bunch of, like, Borg shit just sort of jammed together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it looks very beehive-y, and there's, like, a neat shot of, like, a a really fast elevator or something going by. And just... Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what it all does and i kind of like that yeah. it's it's a bit alieny and it's consistent with established borg design but it's kind of different well i gotta assume it's like an anthill type thing you know like you know different sections are for like this is where food processing goes and this is where we get new borg and maybe but i know is... each cube can kind of completely function on its own yeah. so i'm not really sure but it, it again it doesn't matter no. like i don't need them to explain every little thing i get the gist yeah, of it that's what and the gist of it is yeah, but the gist of it is one cube is scary, and now look at all this mm-hmm. shit, <laughs> and that's cool. So you like Borg, do you? Oh no, I, I, I will say. Oh no, is that Borgie the Borg sprite? Borgie the Borg sprite. <laughs> I'll take all your I, Borg I, away. Wait, no, that's a good uh, thing. Shit, I'm really oh, bad man. at my job. <laughs> um, what what I wasn't a fan of and never have been a fan of is the Borg's eye view. Uh huh. Yeah. Why did the, I don't know why they think that's scary or threatening or whatever. I, I'm I think it's Braga. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but it usually happens in Braga episodes because he writes the boogity shit. Yeah. He loves him a fisheye lens. Womp 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 womp. Yeah, and like he loves shooting in that fisheye lens. Like it's it's scary, and it all it does is it looks like you're looking at the scene through a peephole in a, in a door. All it tells me is that Borg can't see for shit. <laughs> I guess. There are, like, you know, like, the Borg have certain flaws in their design, and one of them is that they have one shitty eye that they can't see very well with. Well, I, and the more we show how things work on a Borg ship, the more questions it raises. I wish they kind of wouldn't. Yeah. Because we had a guy... Like, they had one drone walking over to a console and pushing buttons. That doesn't really make no. sense. Um, like, they shouldn't have computer consoles. The, Their whole mind is a computer. Yeah, exactly. Like I also, like, and I know this is just an aspect of how TV works, but, like, in the episode, there's, like, a big Borg announcer that's, like, we are approaching whatever. Yeah, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, on, I was thinking about this. Honest, the inside of a Borg Borg cube should be completely silent except for footsteps, and should be comp- should be pitch black. Yeah, the only time you hear the voice is when you hear them addressing the ships. Yeah, when they say "We are the Borg," you will lower your shields. Blah blah mm. blah blah. Like I would love but, if the crew beams over to a Borg cube and like they have to bring like flashbacks or flashbacks. What the fuck? Flashlights. 
Right. Like, otherwise, because otherwise it's just completely pitch black. Yeah, they know where everything is. Yeah. Why do they need light? Yeah. That just is a waste of energy. I just, and there's a way to film that that would make it look really cool, but, you know, I guess. I think so. I guess green laser pointers are fine, too, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of am. I, I, in general, I've, I've been a fan of the green glow indicates the board. Mm. That's okay. I just like, like I say, there, there was unnecessary talking. The, the Borg Queen chatting up seven never really made sense. <laughs> so how's it to going? Me. Yeah. So you like were I living on a summary. Federation says, ship. What was that like? Yeah, and the whole time she's like taunting her mm. and asking her questions, and it, I just didn't get it. No, the Borg are cool when they're not human. You know, like when they're yeah. inhuman. Like that's what's scary about them. Right. And I mean, the more we have, when the more personality we give them, like. The more like every other fucking villain they are, you know? Well, and let, let's, uh, talking of their specific nature, let's go into your bad thing. Oh, man. Like, can we talk about this? For, this has been bugging me for a while, but like, God damn it. I am so goddamn sick of the Borg philosophy of don't do anything unless you're bothered. Like, mm-hmm. that worked the first time they showed up. I'll even give you that it worked the second time, but, like, we keep encountering the Borg, and at this point, like, between all of the episodes and First Contact and stuff, like, this episode's all about them being like, okay, humanity is a big fucking problem, and they keep fucking around with us. Which really speaks to some base Star Trek stuff about how we're special among all the aliens, and we're better, mm-hmm. and, like, we can, we we have the ability to problem-solve our way around the Borg, so, like, we're supposed to be hot shit to them. Yeah, so why the fuck is it that, like, if you beam onto a Borg cube, like, they don't, they still don't do anything, they just wander, like, they don't do anything unless you punch one of them in the face or something. Yeah, you would think an adaptive strategy would be, hey, shoot any Federation guys you see beaming onto the queue. Hey, people are here. We should probably do this. That that guy's not covered in armor and has like a toothpick for one hand. We should probably kill him. A toothpick? Yeah, toothpick. I don't think I've seen the toothpick. Well, guy. I've seen. Let me think that. here. I've seen. I've seen a uh, claw machine hand. I've definitely seen that. I've seen egg beater. I've seen a fork. A whisk. Um. Let me think here. I've seen a Tom Servo head. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen three dildos tri- taped backwards so that you don't know that they're dildos. Mm, they might not be dildos. I've seen an eight track player. That was a weird one. <laughs> that was for your uh, oh. that was for your breakdancing Borg. Right. You know, one of the other Borg would come out and put a, put down a piece of cardboard and the and the first Borg would spin around on his head. A piece of cardboard. Yeah, a piece of. <laughs> You know what they're particularly good at doing? The robot. (laughs) We are the Borg. Your dance moves are irrelevant. Your hot beats will be added to our own. We will take you all down to Electric Avenue. Resistance is funky. (laughs) Yeah. So, really, this is the first time I've been able to make this joke and not feel ashamed of myself. Go on. What you're suggesting... It's electric Borgaloo. <laughs> oh. Oh, goddamn. Okay. You're not wrong, though, about them ignoring, like, that doesn't really no, it, track like, anymore. It's, it's a, it was a cool thing originally, but the longer they keep doing it, the stupider the Borg look. And the Borg shouldn't be stupid, like... No, their whole thing is they learn. They're stupid yeah. at first, but and you can only get a trick by them once, and then they stick their foot in the door. Yeah, exactly. That's their thing. And so beaming onto their ship and wandering around unregarded should only work once or twice. Yeah, and like, even if it's not like just humans, like fucking the Borg have fucked around with Voyager and Janeway a couple of times at this point. Like, yeah, you know, they can't just. Be- oh, and oh, she joined forces with their worst enemy. Yeah, like, exactly. She really cannot be trusted. Oh, fucking Janeway's here. I know her. Maybe oh, wait, that's- no, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. I was remembering that. Yes. wrong. She joined forces with the Borg against the other yeah. guys. Maybe that's why their vision is so bad, so they can't identify people who are on their ship. Maybe, or maybe it's like, oh, no, there was seven. They're cool. Mm -hmm. That could be it. I don't know. I do do kind of like the premise that Seven's two years and change with humans has, like, she's still very much Borg, but now she's learned some stuff from them, and maybe they can use what she's learned. Mm -hmm. Like, I I do like that idea. Mm -hmm. 
And I like that that's what makes her unique and special. And it's not just like Locutus again, where it's like, uh, we got this guy because he's a cool authority figure. Like, no, there's something really uniquely special about it. Well, the idea with Seven as like a new Locutus, like sort of a new Borg figurehead is like, okay, we gave a we gave a Borg sort of free will or whatever to, you know, to be our, our leader. And that didn't work out. But what if we have someone who was raised a Borg, got away for a while and then comes back? See, I don't know that she's meant to be a leader, but she's meant to be definitely like, oh. uh, like, a, like a consultant. See, that was you know my I mean? first. Like, that was my first assumption was we're going to use her as like the new Locutus, basically. I see. I didn't. Th- I thought it was more like a consultant, mm. more like you've lived among these people, you understand them better. Like we've deliberately drained the humanity out of all the humans we've assimilated, mm. but you've actually gone back, so now you have the unique knowledge of what they're like. So you are uniquely suited to destroy them, kind of thing. <laughs> Seven, what should we do about these humans? Well, that one there really likes looking at my boobs. So, I mean, I guess that might help. I mean, look, if if you and I have any input mm-hmm. into the Borg strategy, I would say kill him. Just kill him. Yeah, kill the crap out of him. And then that guy over there has got an old truck he likes to work on. <laughs> yeah, leave him. He's fine. <laughs> he used to suck, but he's fine now. He's, he's all right. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you if you gotta destroy so like a, a certain number of people and you're one short, uh, okay. But otherwise, he doesn't need to be a primary. And w- what about the organism known as Neelix? Kill him! Oh, kill all of yeah. them! It's not worth yeah, it. Extreme prejudice. Nuke him from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yep. Weren't the no? It was the Kazon. I was gonna say weren't the Talaxians like regarded as not worth being assimilated? Uh, but it was yeah. it was the Kazon. <laughs> that was it. No, that's right. This is still fine. I took that as a huge win for my anti-Kazon agenda. I'm pretty sure having having now read that book, I'm pretty sure hearing the thoughts of the Voyager writers that that was deliberate. Mm-hmm. They hate the Kazon as much as we do after they oh. like they tried and they failed and they're like, ah, oh, man. These guys it, suck. It might- I think we made another race of Ferengi, but not as interesting. Well, I mean, they were with the Kazon at the end of like season two, the same place that... Um, the same place that Next Gen were with the Ferengi yep. at the end of, like, season two. So, oh, fucking these idiots again. Hey, can I crouch some more for you? Yeah. No, that's not a Ferengi. Come on. Ferengi all the time be crouching. No, you've got to, you know, this sort human. Human. Like, it's, it's way more, like, sl- slimy. Quark! Sli- slizzery. Yeah, quark! There, there you go. There. There's the guy. <laughs> that was just an excuse um, to lure that. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, I, okay. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so the the other part of your bad thing was the Hansons. Let's go ahead and The Hansons are them. fucking stupid. I See, I, I like the idea of them. I get Starfleet wanting to send a ship out to sort of... No, no, it's not. It's definitely not Starfleet. Starfleet t- tells them not to. See, I thought Starfleet had, like, had sent them out originally, but the fact that they never came back and were just, Starfleet's like, get back here now. You've looked at the Borg enough. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they were meant to be, like, renegade. Like, they're, they're gathering their own data, and the Starfleet says, knock it off, that's dangerous, and they're like, fuck you, we want to do this. Mm. Renega- renegade scientists out on the edge. I like that. Mm. I actually do. Like they're they're risking their own lives for the sake of science, and the the only place it gets stupid for me is dragging your small child. You don't bring along. your kid. What the hell's wrong with you? Like if if it's just a couple and they're both into it, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Like I kind of I kind of like that. Mm. I kind of like a husband and wife, like a young husband and wife on a on a cool like dangerous adventure together yeah. that they're both enjoying. But yeah, don't drag your you bring kid your kid, into kid that. along, and suddenly you're just like, oh, so you suck. All right, yeah. That's a whole other. When do let's go meet the Borg? But did you did you actually find those uh, scenes boring? I didn't find them boring. I thought they were interesting. It's just the more of them I watch, the more I'm like, God, you guys are stupid. But that's kind of supposed to be the point. I I suppose. I'll like. I'll give you this, Magnus Hansen. Ah, Magnus. I think we both had the same note, which was just Magnus. Let me enter your mind, Magnus. Oh God. Could it be more 90s? An episode called Dark Frontier with a character called Magnus? I will know. I apologize. Apologies to anyone named Magnus who might be listening to this show. Um, when I was in college, there was a there was a woman in my class who brought her kid Magnus to school every day. Oh, and he would Lord. just sit in the corner and she would yell at him all throughout the class. Uh. So I do not care for the name Magnus and anyone attached to it, especially if they are a five year old boy. Oh, uh, well, now, see, that kid's probably, you know, 30 now. Oh, yeah. 
Wait, how old but, do you think um, I am? I don't know. Aren't you like 97 or something, Matt? Yeah, I thought I thought you had mentioned 97. Maybe you said you were born in 97. Mm. I don't know. I can't keep track of these things. <laughs> no, the thing is, the actual name Magnus out in normal life is totally fine to me. It's when you name uh, uh, fictional characters that. Magnus. Just, just like all the other stupid 90s names. Yep. So just, that's what you name. It's like an action hero named Jack. Knock it off. <laughs> Stop naming him Jack. And this is Magnus and his good friend, Prince Zizor. Ugh. Is he a sad donkey? Uh, yes, he's a sad donkey. <laughs> oh, Prince Eeyore. <laughs> you guys seen my tail? Yeah. I wish I was dead and everyone thinks that's funny. <laughs> but the thing the thing about the Hansons, mm-hmm. speaking of people with death wishes, <laughs> is I think you're meant to think they're stupid because Seven definitely did. Oh, yeah. Because Janeway's like, we got to study their records because maybe we'll figure out a way to beat the Borg. And Seven's like, no, dummy. They clearly didn't beat the Borg because I exist. Uh-huh. Hello. Like, why would you study a losing? And I get, you know, for strategy, you study their stuff mm. and then you figure out where it failed. But still, I do like their co- the the monitoring and like. And now we see Bright Eyes entering into his regeneration oh, they, cubicle. They give them all really stupid yep. names. I like that. You, what stinky and yep. dopey? Look, you can I, almost see a look of intelligence in his eyes. I like that. Like, I, I genuinely found that, like, mm-hmm. amusing and, like, an interesting character on Star Trek we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like, the scientists who are way wrapped up in their work that they really should not be doing. It's like, guys, you're getting, like, this is still the Borg. Maybe don't stick your dick in the beehive. But the other thing is, they don't really know what the Borg are exactly. Like, they do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they don't really have a full grasp on just how, in, in how much danger they're in. Yeah. You know, like... And I think that's that was their undoing, was they hadn't come for Earth yet, so maybe they thought, well, these guys are a little scary, but they, we can take We're it. We're awesome Starfleet humans. Like, we should yeah. be fine. We'll become well, friends with the Borg, is a line that that Magnus actually says at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, he, oh, that Starfleet optimism. He did invent a Borg invisibility cloak, mm-hmm. though. So that's something. And here, Seven, this is the Borg Invisibility Cloak, a gift from your father. Right. This is just Harry Potter all over yep. again. That got a snicker out of Mal. <laughs> um, my good thing yes. is, I believe, your quote. Oh, oh, great. Which is uh, right near the beginning of part two, mm. after Seven has been taken back to the Borg, Naomi Wildman comes in to, to talk to the captain, and it was like, oh, these two haven't interacted very much. No. And it's just this super heartbreaking scene mm. where she's like, have you tried everything? Have you tried to rescue her? Have, how about this? Have I need, you tried this? I need my good, great friend Seven back. Yeah. And and that's basically your quote. So we'll just yeah. we'll play that here. Permission to submit a proposal for your review. Proposal? It's a rescue operation for Seven of Nine. Huh? You created this plan all by yourself. Yes, ma'am. You see, if we change our long-range sensors to Seven's cortical implant frequency, maybe we can find her. The Delta Quadrant is a very big place, and Seven could be thousands of light years from here. What if we boosted our sensor range with power from the main deflector? (laughs) You've been spending too much time in engineering. I'm afraid it's not quite that simple. Thank you, Grumman. Your initiative is duly noted. Captain? You're not going to give up, are you? There are three things to remember about being a starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in. Go down with the ship. And never abandon a member of your crew. And I quite like that. The thing we, a couple episodes back, we had a, like a small uh, Naomi Wildman appearance. And then she just wasn't in the rest of the episode. Um, I, apparently that's just standard at this point that she'll just show up as like, not like a part of the like main cast, but as like a supporting character. Well, she's like Vorik. Or I'm trying to think they they must have other guys like yeah. that. Vorik's the only one I can think of off the top Vorik of my head. Vorik or like a, uh 
not Barkley because <laughs> she shows up way more than him. But uh, no, but I'm trying to think if if Voyager has other guys like that. I I mean, not really. They used to. They had Carrie in engineering who disappeared. Yeah, or uh, Seska before it turned out she was the devil. Right. The they stupid, seem to be more devil. They seem to be more keen on it. Actually, Ensign Wildman, like Ensign Wildman. Yeah, there you go. Was that before? I haven't seen her in quite some time. <sighs> well, I mean, why? Oh, this one's this new one is so much better. Yeah, we already have one. We don't need yeah. two. But um, I kind of love like her just showing up occasionally to be adorable. Yeah, like, and I guess that helps with when you have kids, you can only film with them a few hours a day. Yeah. So that that helps with that. Not making her the focus of every episode keeps you sort of within regulations also. Yeah, no, but like if this is how we're going to have her, like she gets the occasional episode and mostly just pokes up to be cute. Like fucking A. Yeah. More of that. Please. No, I liked it. And like I said, that uh, that scene was heartbreaking to me. Yep. Just like because she's not a wailing little useless child. No, she, she's I made a she's plan. thought of a plan. She's six. Uh-huh. And she's got a plan. Mm-hmm. She's already better than Harry. Jane was just looking at us like, actually, this could really work. I mean, I, I need to fix this part. But other than that, I mean, I, this uh, this star that you drove that you drew here has sunglasses on and we clearly need to remove those. But otherwise, this is pretty much spot on. Or or actually, let me talk to Bellana. Maybe we could launch a giant pair of sunglasses. Those sunglasses mean that he's a cool dude. Yeah, I see that. I just picture her wanting to make it more like the drawing and putting sunglasses on a star just to make it agree. <laughs> Balana, how hard would it be to make a cur- uh, make a curly loop of smoke come out of the top of this uh, of this house, which has one door and two windows? Let me see the schematic. Oh, quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really- get me a pink kitty cat. Like, I don't think this is going to happen. In fact, I know it's not. But, you know, you just get rid of Harry Kim and make her an ensign. Yep. That, that sounds would, fine. That, that would be fine. He, She would be every bit as good and better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, oh, oh, so she, would, he, she wouldn't constantly be like, where are all those hot women I was promised? Nope. She'd just want to make the captain happy. Yep. And do her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, while, while we're doing quotes, I'll go ahead and do mine. Sure. This is uh, in the first part uh, where uh, I, really what I like about this episode is it's another time to check in with seven and see how far along she's come in her evolution episode. And this is like when she's faced with the idea of going back to the collective, she says this over the past two years, I have become familiar with the individuals on this vessel. Voyager is my collective now. And I really like that. That's a great line. That would have been, if you hadn't taken that quote, I would have taken it because it's just so good. Yeah, it is. It really is. Mm -hmm. And that that's really the whole point of this episode is for the longest time she's been I don't want to be here I don't want to be a human I don't want to go back to Earth mm-hmm. and now she's got a chance to go back and she completely doesn't want yeah. to. I mean we already had that a little bit in the season finale before mm-hmm. but now the Borg actively want her back and she's more human at this point yeah and she might have resisted it at first but it's working mm-hmm. like Janeway's you know you uh, program are to a make human. her human. Yeah, exactly. It's totally working. You are a human, and you want to make a cake for Captain Janeway. And coffee. It will be a coffee cake. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh, what else? We had another stupid training scene on the holodeck where mm-hmm. we start out at the commercial from the commercial break, and we think, oh, they're raiding the Borg cube. Oh, it's just no, a they're not. Okay. I swear that. I swear to God, Al, good heist movies do exist. I swear. Oh, no, no. I believe you. But I usually see this version mm-hmm. of them. So, you know. In general, like, overall, though, my notes keep saying, like, this is action. And, like, we used to roll our eyes because they say action adventure. Mm-hmm. Early on in the series, they talked about making it, like, less character driven, like DS9 and more action. Yeah, that was their big and, selling like, point was it's going to be like a big high action sci fi show. And that doesn't necessarily have to be bad. I mean, we've liked two out of the three Abrams movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the third one wasn't an Abrams movie. But you know what I mean. Uh, we liked two. We liked about two and a half uh, new Trek movies. Right. No, I'm just saying the third one was Justin Lin mm-hmm. on Abrams. He doesn't like he didn't do that one. I mean, but, he probably um, watched it. So I presumably <laughs> he produced it. So hopefully he watched it. It was pretty good. 
<laughs> that's out now, by the way. Oh, yeah. We're going to need to do that at some point. Yeah, I think in our next supplemental at the end of November. Yeah, we'll that's do a good proper, idea. Proper summary and such. Anyway, my point is those movies are, are high action mm-hmm. and that works. Like it can work in Star Trek. And uh, in Voyager early on, I don't think it did. But this is totally like an action packed, like movie level. Absolutely. A lot yeah. of explosions, a lot of running around, a lot of like rescuing people. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked. And there's some really nice tense scenes on the Borg, on the cube that I like. Not the yeah. cube, the hive. But like, you right. know, I at this point in my life, I would have figured that I've seen all of the guys in Starfleet uniforms sneaking around on a board ship that I need to see. But honestly, this is really fucking cool. Well, and uh, like there's some new stuff we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I said in my summary, I was amazed that Harry like did a cool thing that <laughs> beam up uh, 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 proton torpedo or photon torpedo onto the um under the Borg ship and blow it up. Yep. That's fucking badass. I love the um the picking like the the picking through the Borg remains too. Oh, that was so morbid. Yeah, and they're like all just like sitting around corpses. cracking jokes. Yeah. Oh no, Janeway in particular mm-hmm. just seems super like, and I like this, but it's it's super morbid. It's super just like icky. I like, love the just, smell of dead Borg in the morning. Oh, we just like made victory. a pile of corpses. Let's uh, let's go through and see if they got wallets. <laughs> wow, really? Check it it's out, like Captain. Old... This one was an organ donor. <laughs> Damn right it was. <laughs> Neelix, cook these up in a pot. <laughs> oh, boy. Borg hair soup. Borg don't have hair. Oh, I'll find it. <laughs> Get right under that armor. I'll stimulate the follicles. Oh. Yep. There's a oh. no, but it's it's like those stories you hear from back in the day of battlefields where people steal the boots off of dead guys. Yep. It, it had that feel well, to it, fit. and they just they didn't care. Well, it's kind of gruesome. Well, yeah, and I like that they're looking for like the trans warp. Uh, uh, yeah, like that's drive. the gist of it. Is she's so science driven? She's like, you know what? They have parts that can make us get home. I am tired of the stupid quadrant. Let's <laughs> let's steal some of their fast. You know. It was a show of hands, who's sick of the Delta Quadrant? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Neelix, you're from here. Yeah, I know. I want to go back to Earth and learn recipes for soup. What do you mean, back to Earth? I want to go to Earth and learn recipes for soup. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, damn it, I had something else. Oh, well. Uh, no, I... <laughs> I do have the note, uh, how would you even be able to tell Chuck's been turned into a drum? <laughs> yes, resistance is useless. Chuck, are you are you trying to take your shoes off? or are you... I am a Borg. Oh. Oh. Couldn't even tell. I'm sorry to hear that, question mark? <laughs> I, I guess. No, I, I, and I liked all the mom stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked very much like we talked about uh, near the end where it very much felt like her mom and her mom were fighting for her the last scene in the episode is Janeway literally tucking Seven into bed yep and it's actually really sweet no because it's a nice callback yeah. because when you see uh, little what is it Annika mm-hmm. right um, the wee uh, baby her, her parents yeah <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> um her parents are like go the fuck to sleep because mm-hmm. she's wandering around their their science ship and not going to bed. Shut and up and go to bed. End, we're working. At the end, thirty years later, she's still staying up too late and mm-hmm. not going to bed. Yeah, and Janeway's got to make her go to bed. I got to do my nice... Borg homework. No, honey, that'll be there in the morning. You go to sleep. Is it like? And they did a lot of that. They did a lot of nice little echoes mm-hmm. of things like. There was, uh, at the beginning, Janeway said, maybe I've been pushing you too hard. Yeah. And then later on, the, the Borg Queen says, maybe I've been pushing you too hard. And like, just little, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. My actual, my favorite is, uh, oh God, what was it? It was a Borg Queen line where she's like, you sound like, like ugh, you sound like one of the humans. Oh, you stink like that. Ah! Yeah. No, I like that. Oh, you're so gross. Uh, I was watching this one with Amanda, mm-hmm. and we were both convinced that the reveal of the Borg Queen would be her actual mother, and I'm so glad it was. Oh, yeah, and not only that, I love the fact that her mother doesn't show up. Like, Yeah, no, that seems so obvious. Her- that seemed like the really obvious move, and yeah. they didn't do that, and I applaud them for not taking the really predictable way. Which I think 
you know, it's clearly they're going to come back to that at some point. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, her parents are mindless drones somewhere in the vast collection. See, we don't they know that, though. All we dead. know they is be... all we know is that Seven and uh, her dad were. Uh... No, we do know. They said they're drones. Oh, like, all right. The, the queen said that they are they are both drones out there. Somewhere. Unless she was lying, Al. I, I guess that's probably true. Or the Sarlacc could have found her rather indigestible. <laughs> we I suppose. are the Borg. We learned how to lie. You want to hear some math facts? <laughs> Well, that was in uh, the Peter David novel um, Vendetta. Mm -hmm. They assimilated a Ferengi and learned how to, like, negotiate. Yeah. And I kind of like that. <laughs> Plus, the, the mental image of a Borg Ferengi is pretty, pretty that, Yeah, I want more of that. I want more yeah, of that. I, I want aliens. I want alien Borgs. I mean, that's harder to do, but so. Yeah. I want it. Yeah, me too. Well, there's a new series coming. Who knows? I mean, it's not. You I know, it's set before we meet the Borg, but that hasn't stopped them no, before. But I really don't well, like. I don't want any Borg in this new series. No, no, me neither, me neither. But I mean, they've talked about it being a uh, an anthology, and they'll jump around. Mm -hmm. So maybe at some point they'll they'll be Borg. Who knows? All right. Well, I'm open to it. I don't know. I uh, Brian Fuller went on a uh, podcast apparently this week, and not ours. I wish he would. Brian, if you're listening, uh, and we know you are, not you, Brian. Oh, of course. <laughs> No, Brian, you're here once, you know, once a season. Mm -hmm. um, no, he mentioned that they're going to be changing the look of some classic alien and a bunch of fans freaked out. It's like, you know what? They did that with the Klingons and yeah, it was fine. They already did they that. Did the, I like the new Klingons. I thought they looked cool. Yeah. They did it to a lesser extent to the Romulans and Vulcans. What? Like they gave them a more pronounced like uh, uh, forehead. Wait a second. Wait a fucking second. Guys, they changed the Klingons in the motion picture. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Like. That this has been done a bunch before yeah. to like and in next gen they changed the the Vulcans and Romulans yeah. they changed the way the trill work when they brought them over from next gen to DS9 mm -hmm. it's fine yeah. like if it tells good stories it's fine yeah you're gonna be okay and uh, the implication is they're gonna change like the Andorians or somebody like that mm -hmm. and like so <laughs> I mean I actually I'm a huge fan of the Andorian design that's yeah, one of the things I, I like about Enterprises they took they like, kept them they look exactly yeah. the same they just look modern yeah no you're right and i i don't know that that's what they're doing because they ha they haven't said yet uh, i'll tell you but who does need a tune up is the fucking tellerites there you go okay let's take a pig mask and then put it in a fire for a couple of seconds so it melts the end good enough <laughs> yeah this will be a this is great for a founding member of the federation yeah, basically what all those guys look like in that Twilight Zone episode mm -hmm. where, like, the one person is a hideous, beautiful person. Yes. The first episode of Twilight Zone, as I recall. Mm -hmm. Ah, but you see, Captain, I'm only, I only have a pig face on the right side of my body. <laughs> ah, but you see, Captain, I fucked that pig. Wait, no, that's the first episode of Black Mirror. Never mind. <laughs> ah, but you see, Captain, I only fucked that pig. Kermie! <laughs> And we've come full circle. Uh -huh. Actually, that's about all I got. What about you? Um, I like the um the extremely super villainy uh when uh the crew shows up to save Seven and the Borg Queen basically just goes Chainway. Yeah, <laughs> Newman. Oh, I actually like we we um speaking of uh, sort of checking back in with people and seeing how far along they've come. Uh, the answer to how far along Belana has come mm -hmm. is not at all. Yep. She still does not give a fuck. Mm. She's like, good. She wants to go to the Borg. Let him. Yep. She is a Borg. Let's let's move on. Um. Yeah. Well, I like that. Seven did just shoot her last week, so uh, they don't remember that. Nobody remembers anything. Fuck that bitch. She shot me last week. Yeah, but you were <laughs> hypnotized. So. Yeah, you were all blissed out on like a space tentacle. She could have. She could have hurt the baby I never had. <laughs> You know, the hologram baby. Yeah. I was carrying. My my hologram Nazi baby. Oh, boy. That's a thing that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as two-parters go, this one was better. No, this one, like, was quite good. Uh-huh. Like, and it justified the two-parters, because the first one was about them, like, it, they set it up to be this heist thing, and I really didn't know where it was going. Mm -hmm. And then part two was all about them having seven and rescuing her, and, like, they were they were very distinctive things, but they fit together too. Like it worked. Yeah. It justified the two parter. 
<laughs> there was oh i have this in my notes uh there's a bit uh in the flashback parts with the with the hansen family i every time we see the hansen family i think of the band hansen <laughs> and their beautiful girl hair. <laughs> you boys aren't nerds are you <laughs> space doong, 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 space <laughs> There's a bit where uh, young Annika, uh, future seven, uh, is is playing with a toy, like a model of a Borg cube. Mm-hmm. It is literally the toy that they came out with of the Borg cube. I owned that yep. toy. Like the kid, the, the kid actor had to be careful not to push the buttons on the side to make it make laser sounds. <laughs> yep. Resistance is futile. Thankfully, it didn't do that. All right, that's all I got. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I got. Very well. Good episode. Yeah, really, really good episode. Yeah, and this season so far has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely, like, better than, you know. A couple of turds, nothing to, you know, it's no season yeah, but we're, three. We're, we're at about the halfway season, yeah. the halfway point of the season, and it's definitely been more good than bad, mm-hmm. which I did not expect with Voyager ever. So, you know, good. Yeah keep keep it up i'm i every week i'm like this is the week that it all falls apart right yeah but uh no it's uh, i'm sure it's still coming but uh maybe or maybe it's but i mean at this point i'm invested enough that you know i like this crew most of them yeah yeah like two-thirds of them yeah (laughs) the ones i don't they know who they are yeah we've we mentioned that often Mm. but just in case you're not clear we hate harry kim so much harry neelix chakotay yeah in that order i think yeah, yeah. All right, so that's all for this time. Uh, the website, as ever, postomacore.com. The email address, postomacore at gmail. Uh, if you want to uh, see us on Tumblr, we have a Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It is postatomacore.tumblr.com. See and us want- post stuff about Star Trek fan art. and Yeah, things that catch our fancy that are Star Trek related. Anytime... Uh- Anytime uh, uh, Bashir and Garrick have sex, we'll be there. Not anytime, but anytime we. Well, no, they have a lot of sex. That's that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I keep forgetting that I should mention this from time to time. Yeah, Uh, we we do have a show account that we'd never use. No, follow it if you want. uh, It's only there for when we do live uh, supplementals. Yeah, for. Because Periscope needs a thing, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to use my personal thing for that. Uh, but I am on it at Algar. It's at A-A-L-G-A-R, and, and Matt is uh, Robot Matt. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to follow us, we, we talk. Uh, sometimes you will get a peek into what we're going to say on Pa, because we will live tweet the Voyager we're watching. That does happen, especially if the Voyager is very bad. Yeah, if, usually if I'm at that, is, is there 24 minutes left, Mark? Mm-hmm. Which is frequent. Uh-huh. I didn't check the time once on this one, nope. though, so that's a good sign. All right, that's all for this time. All right, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. (laughs) 